Join with me for the next few minutes as I leave with you a message that the Lord has laid in my heart. My thumbnail this afternoon is taken from the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 12 and the verse 13. It reads as follows, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I want to entitle this thumbnail this afternoon, discovering the arch of blood. Many of you will be familiar with famous arches throughout the world. Did you know that the word arches is mentioned 12 times in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 40? And of course, if you drive through Northern Ireland, you will discover quite a number of arches erected in many towns. Towns like Tandragee, Portadown, Armagh and Lurgan and elsewhere in different parts of the province, you will discover an arch that's been erected by a body of men, and it's known as the Orange Arch. And during the marching season, especially the 12th of July celebrations, and other celebrations during the summer season, members of the Loyal Orange Order, the Royal Black Preceptory, bands and supporters will walk under or through the arch. They'll not bypass it, They'll not go round it, they'll not rebel, they will go under it. And of course these arches that are erected are very colourful and they're decorative, uh, commemorating the great um, Battle of the Boyne by King William III, Prince of Orange in 1690. Uh, they will uh, have emblems representing the Williamite settlement of 1701. Many of them will bear the words, fear God, honour the king and love the brotherhood. And they will have other symbols as well as being multicoloured. And I was thinking about the word arches. I was thinking about the word arch and I searched the scriptures and, you know, I couldn't find the word arch in the Bible. But I did discover a powerful picture presentation of the image of the arch in the Bible. And that is found in Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. And I call it the Arch of Blood. And I'm just going to ask you directly, have you discovered the Arch of Blood? Now, as you think of the Arch of Blood, think of the specification of the Arch. The Lord says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood, of course, was representative of the 10th plague that was about to befall the land of Egypt. I want you to think of an 80-year-old man called Moses. He's appeared in the scene. Nine plagues have gone past. This is now the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn. And he has given instruction to the children of Israel, but also applies to the, Isra the Egyptians as well, that they're to take the blood of a lamb and they're to apply it to the lintels and the doorposts of their houses and they're to stay inside and be kept safe on the very night that the death angel passes through the land. 
You see, in the land of Israel at that time, there's about two million children of Israel. And they were not strangers in the land. They were actual slaves. They'd been there for about 430 years. They were under the rule and dictatorship of Pharaoh. And they were really slaves to him. The Egyptians were hard taskmasters toward the Israelites. And they made them work very hard. They built great treasure cities. They maybe even were involved in building the pyramids. I do not know. But I know this, on the night of the Passover, they were to take the blood of a lamb, they were to apply it to the lintels and the doorposts of their houses. And there's the specification of the arch. It had to be the blood of a lamb, not the blood of any animal, not the blood of a bear, not the blood of a goat, and not the blood of a lion or a leper, but it was the blood of the lamb. They were not to decorate their houses with gold and silver or any precious jewels. It had to be the marking of blood. And of course, there's a wonderful parallel because the Lord Jesus is called by John the Baptist, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In fact, he said to men and women in his day on the banks of the Jordan, John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And the Lamb that's mentioned in the days of Moses on the night of the Passover has an exact parallel and correlation with Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. You see, the Lamb was specified. The lamb had to be selected and separated from the flock. The lamb had to be spotless and without blemish. The lamb was slain. The lamb's blood was sprinkled. And then the lamb, of course, was supped upon because the children of Israel were to be dressed that night ready for a journey. And the rest of the lamb was to be roasted with fire. And it was all to be eaten and consumed by a family. And of course, there's a wonderful picture there about feasting and fellowship in Christ, the Lamb of God. And that was the specification. So I'm going to ask you again, are are you sheltering underneath the protection of the precious blood of Christ? Because that's the only protection that will save you from the wrath of God. Remember the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of man. You think of the death of this lamb and the application of his blood. Well, it's an exact picture of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, how he died and shed his precious blood, that through the application of that blood, you can be gloriously saved. That's the specification of the arch. It was by blood. But think also of the sheltering of the arch. The the children of Israel were to stay inside their houses. I've often thought about the little story that's told about um, a military campaign that was going on somewhere in Europe. This particular commander was bombarding a particular town. Uh, The inhabitants of the town were putting up fierce resistance, so fierce that the commander threatened that if he ever got into the town, he would murder everybody in it. And that's exactly what he did. When he eventually broke through, the soldiers started in the very first house and they slaughtered a lot of people. Everybody that was in the first house was killed and they took some of the blood and they put it on the door. And that was to indicate to the other soldiers that were coming uh, that that house had already been killed and nobody had to go in. 
One little boy, he was playing near the town where this happened and he saw this event. He lived in the opposite end of the town and he went through um, some of the back streets as quickly as he could. He arrived at his home. His uh, dad had a pet lamb. He said to the dad, quick, kill the lamb and put its blood on the door. And that's what he did. And they sheltered inside the house when the soldiers came and saw the blood. Then, of course, they passed on by thinking the inhabitants of that house were killed also. And that house was spared and it became known as the family who sheltered underneath the precious blood. Well, that's the same picture for the children of Israel. They were kept safe from the death angel that night because when the death angel came and looked in the door, here was God's glorious promise. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. In other words, the, the firstborn into that house would be spared. And it didn't matter whether it was a, a member of the uh, Israelites family or whether it was the firstborn of an Egyptian family. If they had put the blood on their doors too they would have been protected but sadly of course many didn't many neglected to do that many didn't heed that wise counsel and follow that advice and that very night there was a wail amongst the inhabitants of the Egyptians because the firstborn even the firstborn son of Pharaoh died that particular night and that particular night became the night of the exodus when the children of Israel after 430 years eventually left Egypt and marched toward the Red Sea and with Moses and Miriam and Aaron as their leader were led through the Red Sea and eventually into the wilderness and into the promised land. I want you to think not only of the specification of the arts and the, the, the sheltering of the arts, they were sheltering under the power of the blood, but I want you to think about the seeing of the arts. You see, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I think of a little boy in the home. His daddy has put the blood in the door, but he's fearful. He's doubting. He's quaking. And he's saying to the daddy, am I going to die? Are we going to be safe tonight? And the daddy's saying, son, we have God's promise when and I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the little boy, before that night falls, he's taken outside and he's shown the blood on the doorposts and on the lintel. And he's reassured because of the application of the blood. I want to ask you tonight, uh, what um, assurance have you got for facing the great eternity? What assurance have you got for meeting God? When you meet God in your sin, what will you say to God? Has you got the application of the blood? Are you sheltering under the power of the blood? When God looks at you, will he be able to say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you? I trust uh, this afternoon, as you've listened to this message, if you've thought about the arch of blood in the Bible, thinking of this very vivid, powerful picture format, ask yourself, can you rejoice in that specification that it's blood? Can you rejoice that you're sheltering under it? Can you rejoice that God sees it and you have God's promise that delivers you from all your fears and your worries even as you face the future of meeting God? And you can say to God, I'm depending on the blood. And that's the basis upon which God will save you and let you into heaven and live with him forever. God bless you and thank you for listening.